This podcast is being published late due to family illness, but I wanted to go back and make sure we had a show for today for completeness of the archive. Coming up on podcast 1558, Ford reopens the F-150 Lightning order book. Well, kinda. And it raises the prices. Stick around, I'll tell you what I know. Also on the podcast today, a £200 million boost for UK EV charging. Why Fisker thinks they found a loophole in the new tax credit rules. And what do the drivers of the new Rivian Amazon electric van really think of those vehicles? Well, one of them has been speaking out. I'll tell you the full story alongside a lot of other EV news today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. Uh, welcome to EV News. It's your trusted source of EV information. It's Wednesday, 10th of August. My name is Martin Lee, and in the last 24 hours, I've been through every EV story that I could find so that you don't have to do that. We'll start with news about Skoda introducing a number of key improvements to their ENIAC IV. That's their all-electric version of the VW ID4 based on the same platform, the MEB platform. Uh, they say uh, that it's now ready for more over-the-air updates, new software including an updated nav system and a new head-up display along with visual improvements to the heating and ventilation infotainment screens as well. Uh, remote access is a standard feature for three years, they say. That seems a little bit stingy. Really, so after three years, you've got to start paying to access your car from the app. Okay, I think that's the way all cars are going, isn't it? I don't like it. Um, the 2023 model year ENIAC starts at 38,480. Oh, that's UK sterling, by the way. That's uh, uh, 38,500. British pounds. They also updated the high voltage battery management system. They say. In other words, VW's engineers learnt a few tips and tricks about how to program the BMS, and uh, it reduces a few of the losses uh, from the battery to ensure maximum range. They also added things like the uh, tailgate uh, kick activation for the boot lid, um, and they also added some new options. I think uh, you can now singularly spec rather than as part of a, a combo, uh, the big sunroof, the heat pump. Man, I wish they'd just bundle the heat pump because a lot of people aren't going to want to know why they should have a heat pump. Maybe they're not in a cold climate. Maybe they don't need to. Maybe you can save money. But it's not a 20 grand car. Like, it's a forty to £60,000 car. Just put the heat pump in. Come on, VW. I hate the fact that they option the heat pump because a lot of people aren't going to really think about whether they need it they'll just see it as a 1025 pound option and be like no that's all right but it could make a really big difference depending on you know where they're driving and owning the car right so let's talk about sales launching for the mercedes-benz eqs but the suv version of it there's uh, the eqs 450 and the EQS 450-formatic of the SUV version of the EQS. Uh, 265 kilowatts of power uh, for the base version, and 400 kilowatts for the top version. Starts at €110,000 in Germany, goes up to €135,000 in Germany. Uh, you can now order your SUV version of the EQS, and it'll arrive in your driveway, if you're one of my European listeners at least, uh, not in the UK. Uh, right-hand uh, drive, sorry, left-hand drive, we're talking... Uh, the cars arrive in December, but they're all made in the US. So in a bit of a flip around, uh, these are German cars, but made at Tuscaloosa. 
and uh, then exported over to Europe. Three model types to pick from, um, but I'm sure that if you have the money to blow on an EQS, uh, you want to get a little bit busy, get a bit jiggy in the options list, and I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun doing that. Now, Zika is a pure electric, premium electric brand from Geely, you know, the people behind Volvo, Polestar, London Black Cat Company, etc. And uh, Zika uh, just unveiled some more images of the 009, which is their MPV. Now, they kind of they, they had to because the internet was full of spy pictures of the <laughs> the MPV 009. Um, and, you know, this is there's not too many things that you can do with an MPV. It's a big box that carries people, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, you got that single light bar across the back of the vehicle, which just seems to be the uniform of electric vehicles these days. Uh, Zika was founded back in March 2021, and the first one, the Zika 001, is a hatchback. Deliveries started last October. The 009 uh, was teased back on July 22nd. Uh, an all-electric MPV, though, very, very useful for taxis, shuttle runs to the airport, hotels, things like that. Now, headline story in Ford... Uh, going to reopen the order book, so the F-150 Lightning, and raise the price. Now, if you haven't already got a reservation, this is not them reopening it after 200-and-something thousand people. They closed the order books. This is There's a difference between a reservation and an order. Look, let me explain. I'll just give you the story rather than trying to uh, fanny around the edges. Um, for the first time since its launch, they've raised the prices. Ford said that significant material cost increases and other factors have hiked 20% onto the Lightning price. Uh, the adjusted MSRP of the Ford F-150 Lightning goes up between $6,000 and $8,500. Oof! That does mean that the Pro version, which started at less than forty grand, it was $39,974, is now $47,000, which is, I, you know, I think they've added seven grand to the price. Still good value. I mean... I always wondered whether that was a loss leader. And they said, no, look, we build millions of F-150s. We're ordering the switches, the doors. We're ordering seats by the million. We get good deals. And I took them at their word. But less than 40 grand for the pro version of the F-150 Lightning was a steal in a, in a good way. It was, if you managed to get one, I mean, just an amazing, amazing piece of value. And they sold it at that. It wasn't some, hey, we'll sell it at this price, bait and switch thing. Like the Cybertruck from Tesla is never in a million years going to cost what they said it would. But that's fine. We all understand that. Every, they've taken so long to build the damn thing. Things are more expensive now with inflation. That's fine. But Ford did actually sell that vehicle, like they said they would, for less than 40 grand. But really, that's a lot of battery that you are getting. Uh, next, moving up, the XLT uh, now has an MSRP of 59. The XLT, 68. And the uh, the Lariat, I think, is now 74.5. Extended range Lariat, 85. And if you want the Platinum extended range, uh, you can drop $96,000 Ford's way. Now, when I say they reopened orders, for the customer's that were waiting for their F-150 Lightnings, Ford said you will, if you'd placed an order, you'll get that at that price. So if you reserved the vehicle, what was it you had to put down? Like 100 bucks or something? Uh, but then you transferred that to an order, then you are going to be unaffected. If you tried to order earlier in the year, but your specification that you wanted was unavailable, they will honour the price. If you decided to postpone it, 
they will honour the price. But if you are just one of the couple hundred thousand people in the reservation queue, and that wasn't converted to an order, you do pay the higher prices now. Rivian, of course, did this um, because they've faced big, big price increases. But they had a massive backlash because they didn't do what Ford have done. Maybe Ford would never have done it, or maybe they learned from Rivian. I don't know. Um, but they failed to notify reservation holders ahead of time and a big old backlash when they said they were raising the prices for everyone. And you're like, hang on a minute. Um, I'm already in line. My deposit is down and et cetera, et cetera. So um, I guess Ford are doing what they can. Um, but of course, with the Rivian thing, there, there was a flood of cancellations. I don't think they ever said how many, but I think it really seriously kind of affected them for a day or two because they realized that made a bit of a boo-boo with that one. Now, here in the UK, GridServe. I rate GridServe very, very highly, by the way. That buying the electric highway and replacing all of that hardware that was aging, 10 years old, has been amazing. What GridServe have done for this country is just spectacular. And I am guilty of not being behind GridServe properly from early enough because the PR company they hired originally were really banging me over the head a few years ago, being like, you've got to talk about GridServe. They're going to build a hundred of these, um, uh, their electric forecourts, which have like 40, 50, you know, charges. They're going to build a hundred of them by 2025. And uh, as I said to the PR person once, I just had enough of their BS. They are not in a million years going to build a hundred of them. So stop emailing me about GridServe. This was a couple of years ago. I was like, do you have... I was like, do you have any idea? I was trying to be polite to the PR person that was trying to just do their job, right? I was like, but to acquire land, to acquire permitting, to get a grid connection, to get the hardware installed, for one, is like it's it's like moving hell on earth, right? To do that a hundred times for the, over the next four years is impossible and also massively capital intensive. So I was like, well, who's backing them? They couldn't tell me who their backers were at the time. We now know it's Hitachi and, and they've got a lot of money. Um, so for a long time, I never mentioned GridSurf because I was like, ah, this is just all smoke and mirrors. These, they, like, they're not crooks, but this is nonsense. And then they built one and I went to see it and I was like, I'm so sorry. You guys are amazing. But I, I you know, I'm like this with, with GM as well. Over the years of the sort of four or five years of doing this podcast, uh, you've really had to develop quite a strong filter of sniffing out the nonsense from the good stuff because there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff I get told about that, hey, you got to talk about this brand new charging company. No, I haven't. They won't be here in five minutes and they're never here in five minutes. So, but I got GridServe wrong just because the promises were too big. If they'd have said they're going to build five of them in five years, I'd have been like, right, here we go. This is going to be amazing because what they've done is incredible. And they're now securing another £200 million worth of investment um, to their new promise that they've come with is 5,000 high-powered chargers by the middle of the decade, which is a lot, you know, a lot less than, hey, we've got 100 forecourts, you know, because they can do some retrofitting of the existing ones. That's still a, a huge undertaking, by the way, and I, I can't say enough good things about GridServe. It's amazing what they're doing. Brilliant. And the people behind it, have massively got their head screwed on and hiring good people as well. So there you go. There's my uh, mayor Kelper. Got that one wrong. Um, next, Fisker. Actually, no. Right, we'll take a quick break. Then we'll talk about more details of the tax credit debacle and what the drivers of Rivian's Amazon electric truck really think about driving those vehicles. Stick around. The stories are on the way. We'll talk about Fisker now and the US tax credit which uh, is, has been approved now it's over the first hurdle, um, and it will end up on Biden's desk almost certainly within days, if not weeks. Um, Fisker says they found a loophole that guarantees them eligibility. 
And that is if reservation holders can transfer that reservation to an order before Biden signs it into law and his pen meets paper. So to qualify for the credit, they've got to build the cars in North America. That won't work because Fisker are going to get Magna to make it. Um, and so the, the the car needs to be ordered, the Fisker um, needs to be ordered the ocean before uh, Biden signs it uh, to guarantee um, the existing tax credit. So in other words, change your reservation to an order, a binding contract, and you are absolutely going to get your $7,500 off. Tesla's been investing in the battery supply chain for longer than most, but the vehicles won't qualify for tax credits. People familiar with the company said, according to a Wall Street Journal article, the company didn't reply to a request for comment from the Wall Street Journal. Many car makers have said they support the goal of a domestic battery supply base, and they are reviewing the legislation. They say the new eligibility restrictions for the tax credit will prod auto and battery manufacturers to build a supply base in the US rather than relying on China. The battery material thresholds are more difficult because the processing of minerals like lithium and manganese are concentrated in China, says the Wall Street Journal. And it'll take years of investment in North America before those can be met, the auto industry uh, lobbyists say. It's funny if I mentioned this yesterday on the podcast. Um, the bill from 2023 requires 40% of the minerals to be mined and processed in the US, and that is 80% by 2026. Now, Rivian's Amazon electric delivery truck, an Amazon driver, has taken to YouTube to post their impressions of the EDV, the electric delivery van, and guess what? He absolutely loves it. He's a Seattle-based Amazon delivery driver, posting his first impressions of the new truck. He loves the added storage capacity, the digital display, and the center dash, the keyless entry. Talks about how there's more rear storage with the shelves, the digital dash, and the center screen are all big improvements, they say, on what he was driving previously. Loving his electric vehicle, that's great news. Now, the Mayers, or the Myers Manx, is a 50-year-old iconic June buggy. Copied thousands of times, only one original, the Myers Manx, is making a return next year. Um... We don't know huge amount of detail, but um, the Myers-Manx name, the company, was bought um, shortly before Bruce Myers passed away. I think it was last year or the year before. Um, the June buggy is going to have two battery sizes. It will be 20 kilowatt hours and 40 kilowatt hours. Uh, there's going to be a pair of rear wheel mounted electric motors, uh, so rear wheel drive and 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. There'll be no weight to this thing. Uh, Bruce Myers built and showed off an electric version in 2014. VW did a similar thing of a, uh, called the ID Buggy um, a couple of years ago as well. But no one's actually built one yet. But this, uh, the new owners of uh, Bruce Myers' company says they will do it. And they've said, look, it'll be a plaything for people with several cars and several houses. This is not meant to be you know, either a cheap toy or even a road-going toy, I imagine. Now, let's talk about China and the car maker there, Wuling, celebrating um, the rollout in Indonesia of their Air. It's a right-hand drive version of their tiny little city car. Uh, it's going to be made for India, Egypt and regions around the world that want a small, cheap electric car. Tesla and GM are scoring the biggest share of a big EV order alongside VW and Ford. 
Autonomy is the company uh, which has raised a ton of cash and is spending it quickly. Autonomy announcing yesterday that they've ordered 23,000 electric vehicles. Well, they huh, they are ordering future tense. 23,000 EVs uh, for $1.2 billion. Dollars, including 8,300 Teslas, 3,400 Bolts, and 2,200 VWID vehicles, all for their uh, their business of subscription. Tesla's German Gigafactory is delivering green industrial jobs, but it's difficult, according to this article in NewRepublic.com. Uh, they say that's about 20 miles outside of Berlin. Uh, you're hard-pressed to know that you're looking at what many consider to be the future of capitalism, and that is Tesla's Gigafactory. For the last few years, Brandenburg has been in the midst of a devastating drought because of rising temperatures. The local water supply now limits uh, newcomers to the area to 105 litres per person, but Tesla is gobbling up the water, and the opponents of Tesla's Gigafactory say uh, that that is not fair. However, uh, the project, Giga Berlin, uh, they say fits with the government's approach to a new green industrial policy focused on keeping the country's important sectors intact like their car industry. And finally, how can Europe cut a third of its oil demand? Well, at the time of Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine, Russia supplied one in every four barrels of crude oil to the European Union. These imports contributed significantly to funding Putin's military efforts. And to cut it, the European Commission agreed a ban on imports before the end of the year. The UK, for instance, already banned Russian oil. We weren't really relying on it, so it's not exactly a massive hardship like Germany's facing. Transport is responsible for two-thirds of the oil demand from Russia in the European Union. And so EU and member states need to use this as an opportunity, says Transport and Environment, to wean themselves off uh, fuel dependency altogether and securing their energy security. Right, question of the week, taking a short break, but it will return very soon. Thank you so much to our premium partners and everyone on Patreon for supporting this podcast. That'll be Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley and his brilliant EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Juice, they make public charging simple with one card, one map and one app and millbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon, where you can jump in the hot tub and enjoy a well-earned break. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.